novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. Yeah. And man. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Mike and Charles, they're out on assignment. I promise you, I just think they got a little bit of that trip to fan. And they just had a little too much turkey, uh, and they missed their assignment. So, you know, we're going to dock them like we do in the lab, uh, F-squared. But I got some colleagues in here that are going to make sure y'all understand the importance of this weekend. And they certainly can give you uh, good information. You've seen them around the scenes in terms of what they've done. So we have none other than A.D. Drew. He's a clinical professor. He's in here regular, making sure he gives it. And then we brought in two new adjuncts uh, representing uh, Ramblin' and Southern directly for the classics. See what he's representing. And we got Perry White. I think you see what he's representing as well. So we're certainly going to give you a great show today. So we want to say, before we get started, let me say this. A.D. Drew, how you doing today? I'm doing fine, brother. I think Mike and uh, Charles may have dipped their turkey in some wine, and that might be the reason that they missed their assignment and you had to call me and uh, ha have you pinch hit for them. So I'm no just going to put that out there it's like that. Mike. Mike is the wine. Yeah, no doubt about that. That white wine. <laughs> yeah, just wine. And don't put it on ice. Exactly. With that being said, <laughs> how you doing, Ray? Doing good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Man, I see. It basically stemmed from, I used to be the director of the Eddie Robinson Museum. And so uh, my roots for Grambling go way back. My, my, my grandfather played football for Grambling before Eddie Robinson was the coach. My grandmother played basketball for Grambling. So we go really way back in the history of Grambling State University, Louisiana Negro, Norma Grambling College, whatever you want to call it. So we, we have a really steep, uh, history with with Grammar State University and uh I know a little I know a little bit a uh, little bit about a lot of so we can also say you are swag is that oh no doubt no doubt <laughs> since people are questioning that's going around these days I figured I'd just add and we got Mr. Perry White Perry how you doing today I'm good, man. I, I respect what he just said, but all that stuff he got on, I'm still not feeling it. I understand the legacy and the tradition, but man, come on. We already know what, what weekend this is. It's all about this right here. So I feel you, my brother, but I'm, hey, we're going to wait until Saturday evening to see how this is going to turn out. <laughs> Tell them where else they can uh, find and listen to you for those that may not be aware of Oh, well, man, you can check me out on the Jaguar Journal uh, in Baton Rouge on 107.3 Talk Radio. Uh, you can catch that on iHeartRadio. You can follow on Facebook as well as on YouTube. Anytime you can go back and subscribe and listen to any of the shows. We're on at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So I know that's a little early for a lot of people. So you can always go back and check it out. And as well as uh, On The Yard Sports, you can go do film work as well. So between On The Yard Sports and the Jaguar Journey, you can catch it. Needless to say, you're pretty swack yourself. I am swag, all right? If that's what it means, you know, I'm talking about growing up in the days of being a ball boy for UAPB, man. I, I've been around a long time, since the 90s. 
So that right. for me, that's a long time. I know for y'all, that may not be, you know, but for me, that was a long time. So I've got my swag hours in over the years. That's what counts. That's all we have. You got your swag hours. I'm trying to get some swag hours in. We good. Even AD Drew, see, he's got it through his freshman year yeah. last year, so he got swag hours. I'm a deal fight. We'll talk about that. With that being yeah, been said, around. welcome to episode. 335 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash. That's all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of sports. Simply, we call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yacoville, along with my co-host, Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. As I said earlier, they're out on assignment. They'll be back on Sunday, give you up, and let you know what took place on Saturday. And this Saturday is going to be that Bayou Classic. We also got a playoff game to check out. Benedict is hosting Wingate, so we get to talk a little bit about that. And things are closing out. It is odd to me because it just seemed like the other day, literally, you know, but it was a couple of months ago that we convened, uh, many of us, in Birmingham, for the Swag Media Day, and we couldn't wait till the season began. And now, essentially, it's all but over, certainly for a couple of teams uh, ready for basketball season. With that being said, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what we do over here. With that being said, let's open up and see what your thoughts on HBC Sports News. Obviously, Arkansas Pine Bluff had the upset on the road 19-14 over Alabama State. We'll get in some details about that matchup and your thoughts in the second half of the show when we really get into the matchups. But outside of that, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. What's some HBCU news that you have on your mind? Well, let's turn let's turn to the NFL on Thursday with, our, with my lead story, and that is James Houston, Jackson State alum. Yes, he is swag, even though they like to say he's from the University of Florida on the broadcast, but we know he is swag. He's uh, Jackson State. Uh, Played in his first game, got called up off the practice squad yesterday, and a nice debut for James Houston. Uh, had two tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and recovered a fumble. Not a bad opening day just to make your presence <laughs> known. You know, you know, we hope that's enough to let him stay on the 53-man roster for the remainder of the year. But if not, hey, that that's a great, that's a great amount of film that you can get out so that you get on somebody else's 53-man roster next year. So congratulations, James Houston. Great point. That's a historical debut uh, for a player coming off um, his first uh, broadcast, I mean, first game. So great points you make there. Yeah, Detroit is one of those, you know, NFL programs you don't quite know, franchises. But, yeah, this can't keep on the roster. I don't know what to be saying. Because you're probably going to have a lot of folks over there talking about, what took y'all so long? We could have used that earlier in the season. With that very being said, let me go to Perry. What's on your mind with some HBCU news today? Man, you know, I'm just looking at and paying attention to uh, Division II playoffs and uh, the opportunity nice. up for the first time ever with Benedict going to the playoffs and the, the success that Coach Chennis Berry has found there in short time. You know, he came in and during that COVID year and that season was scrapped and then uh, five and five, you know, he went, you know, 50-50 this year one and then turned him around and now they're undefeated and the number one seed going into the playoffs. So, you know, I got my eyes on it. I want to see uh, how well they can play. I saw a quote from him that said, you know, although he's the only HBCU football team left in Division II football, he said, you know what, you know, although we represent HBCU, football is football. And that's what I like to hear when you talk about the playoffs because it's something to play for when you represent HBCUs uh, in the Division II playoffs. So I'm looking to see what's going to happen with Coach Chennis Berry and the success that he's had. And can he carry that over? into postseason. Man, great points. Great points. I love the framework you came with up with some news. Good stuff there. With that being said, let me go to Ray. What's on your mind in regards to the HBCU news of the day? Well, the thing that I believe that is is most outstanding is Grambling and the rest of the SWAC basketball uh, versus Pac-12. Mm. Um, I think that uh, for for that whole deal where we went on the road, they came to us and, and we came out with three and three good victories at home. I know grandma had one and the other was basically on the road. I mean, that was outstanding. I mean, just take Gramlin for, for instance, uh, grandma beats Colorado, then turns around, Colorado turns around and beats Tennessee. 
you know, and so you figure that, okay, this is going to be a little different. So you hope that that momentum will carry on to the rest of the season, uh, especially when it gets into swag play, but definitely out of conference play. You want to see that sort of thing happen because I don't believe that it's ever been anything where we've defeated uh, level of play all in the same basically week uh, in, in swag history. So that's a big thing for me. I think that's outstanding for, for all the programs. Yeah, certainly in terms of the model of history with the terminology used with the Power Five, we have not seen it. That was incredible, uh, particularly to be su su successful in those successive days, if you would. That Friday, you had Grambling, as you said, with the win over Colorado. That Sunday, I was in the house there at Texas Southern. You saw them get it done against Arizona State. And then um, you find out a couple of days later, you get the win in terms of Prairie at home getting the gun at Washington State. Now, you also had, just over a week later, Southern. Now, it wasn't part of the official Pac-12 series, but it was against a Pac-12 opponent, and Southern takes down California. So if you talk about the seven games played with SWAC men teams against the Pac-12, the seven games, the overall record was four and three. Just think about that. You talking about uh, Joel jokes aside, folks talking about, man, Pac-12 going to be like, just write the check. You already had Arizona coach out there just uh, having a heart attack. Talking about, man, y'all supposed to be winning these games. Well, that's why they play the game, but, uh, you know what I'm saying? You do what you do on your side. You let us do what we do on our side uh, in terms of the magnitude of that. So one thing I wanted to put out there, just think about this. I know, you know when you talk about the SWAC, then in basketball they just have one um, series of, of the record standings. But if it was like in football where you had the divisions, think about the teams in the West. They've fallen short in football. Uh, my record is, is that the Eastern Division had won 11 games to five for the Western Division. But think about the West in terms of the teams and how they stood out and what they've done in conference and winning championship over the last couple of years. You, you would have the Southern as well. Alcorn, while they don't have necessarily the power five, they have two solid Division One wins uh, and took uh, another third one to double overtime. So they're playing very good. Um, and so that's your Western Division in Pine Bluff is even Bluff. playing some solid basketball in terms of taking it to the next level and being in some close matchups, haven't quite gotten a win. But that Western Division in terms of basketball, if you look at it that way, Oh, you're talking about a dogfight in terms of what that looks like. Ooh, man. Any additional thoughts you might have on that, A.D., Drew? No, I was going to say, don't forget about that Pine Bluff. They came down to your state and almost walked away with a W uh, uh, earlier this season. They were the first ones. That should have been the one that put the swag on the radar of everyone because I believe that was the first power school that a swag opponent had played and, had, and was close to. And then – couple of days later, you start seeing SWAC teams start knocking off some of these other power conference teams. So, yes, uh, I'm, I'm ready for basketball. It is – the West is going to be just as competitive in basketball as far as the parity is like it was in football. No doubt. I agree with you in terms of what that looks like. Let me give a shout-out to some of our listeners and go back to y'all and see if there's any other news that you want to shout-out before we end our first segment. We got the Ron Waters. And for all those that jumped in here listening to us, hope you're enjoying your holiday. And you didn't get too much turkey, didn't sit at the table too long. I know it's getting a little long in the tooth and some of y'all trying to catch up with everybody. But we appreciate you joining. We want to make sure you always get your HBC Sports News. So we've decided to make sure we did a show today. We got Edward, Meg Morris in here. Cialis. Uh, uh, who else we got? Jazzy Faye always showing love in terms of being in the building. Thomas. Uh, Maddox, Einstein, that is, Eddie, Preto Brooks, Ricky Burton is in the house. Noel Price says, happy Thanksgiving, Laugh Fanatics. Uh, Jimmy Wilson is checking us out. Uh, uh, I know he liked that basketball talk. He's all in. He's my little basketball guru where I get my nuggets out there. He makes sure keeps me in line. G-Boom Holly says, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Spade Davis in here checking it out. Love in here, Derek Walt is in here as well. With that being said, let me go back to you, Perry, as you broke down some good information about the Division Two side of it. I can't wait to the playoffs. You're right. I want to see what he gets done. Any other HBCU news that you want to make sure you share and got out there? 
Man, I'm with you guys right now. You know, you come into that, in that, that part of the year where we were transitioning out of uh, coming out of for a uh, black college uh, football hall of fame. Ooh, nice. For me, I got to look at uh, a legend that, uh, that I just actually interviewed uh, just last week and Pete Richardson. I thought it was a long time coming uh, to be able to hear and see his name on that list of 21 finalists. And congratulations to everybody who made that list, you know, uh, to become a finalist to etch your name in black college football mm-hmm. history. For me, uh, you know, when you get a chance to see those names, for a lot of us, it's generational. And so for a lot of times you see those names, they may not resonate with you, but then I begin to go back and I look. And that's why I begin to realize my true nature when it comes to the history of this conference. And, you know, when you're able to get uh, those type of finalists, you learn a lot about some things that you made on that people that came before. Great points. Tell everybody where they can catch that interview, because that was a solid interview. Really a great, great interview uh, from my perspective. So I want on the man. Where can they get that? Uh, so I do a show with legendary baseball coach, former coach at Southern University, Roger Kadar. And we have coach a show Kadar. on YouTube, Coach Kadar, uh, called Chopping It Up With. So you can go on there and be able to subscribe. And my name is Perry, but he calls me PJ. And no matter what <laughs> I say to try to get him over it, I'm forever PJ. So I've kind of just, you know, <laughs> embraced the term when he says PJ. But, yeah, we did an episode. And that was the first time I asked him. It was Roger Kadar and it was Pete Richardson, wow. both legendary coaches. Roger Kadar won 14 SWAC championships. Uh, Pete Richardson won five. I said, man, y'all was at Southern around the same time. Have y'all ever been in a room in terms of an interview together? And they said no. So, you know, to be able to have those two legends, not only at Southern, but for the conference and for HBCUs, man, together and be able to talk about things that they had never talked about, man, it was legendary for me. That's powerful, powerful. We're up against the break, but I did want to sneak in, Ray, and see if there's anything else you want to share before we get into this break. Well, picking off what the PJ said, uh, I'd like to uh, – That's like only to, for uh, Kadar, man. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, back it off what Perry said uh, about the uh, the nominees, uh, I happen to know uh, both the nominees uh, for, for from Grambling, Albert Lewis, and especially, yeah. um, especially Coach Porter. I've been to Coach Porter's house many times. We've had many conversations. I've interviewed him, long-format interviews with him, uh, about things we've talked, we text. Yes, coach, he texts. <laughs> coach Porter texts, <laughs> and so uh, I mean, it's 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 great to see him mentioned in that. Uh, and, and I understand because having and being an executive director of the Grand Legend Sports Hall of Fame, you like to see everybody get in early. Everybody can't get in early, especially when you start this thing at, at when they started it. So everybody's going to have to kind of wait their turn. We know everybody's going to get in eventually, but it's just one of those things where if it was invented. Back in the in, in the sixties, we probably have a little good uh, uh, plethora of people in, but since it was a recent occurrence, they're kind of playing catch up. So I, we understand it. We just hope everybody else understands. You're going to get in, but it's just a matter of time before you get in. There you go. Great point. I'm glad you shared that because that is important context in terms of when it started, and that we understand there are a lot of legends out there that we got to get in. It's going to take some time. Eddie Drew. I did want to give you a special moment uh, of privilege to share some last HBCU news before we get to this break. I'm just I'm gonna hit this quickly since this is our normal band show. Got two pieces of quick band news. Uh, Tennessee State's Marching Band receives two Grammy nominations from Ebony Tennessee Tennessee State Great. University uh, Marching Band. Chris Crass of Band has been nominated for two Grammy awards. Uh, the University Marching Band put out the Urban Hymn its debut album. So uh, make sure you go check that out and download that. And also, uh, the Benedict Band of Distinction watched earlier today in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, so uh, I did not get the opportunity to see that, but I hope some people did get an opportunity to see that. So it's going to be interesting to see how many of those band people from, who are up there in New York make it back in time to cheer on their football team on this Saturday because the, the, the band at the HBCU, especially in playoff time, it's going to be ultimately important for that home field advantage with these two very evenly matched teams between Benedict Man, and Wayne. Thank you. I need the band there. Thank you for that fastball. That's perfect because we're finna get in the marching sport poll uh, right after this break. Great uh, framework in terms of how you did that. And I will say this, Deuce uh, did make sure I got to see the Benedict band as he uh, watches all the parades, gets into 
he did a great job. So I'm glad you shouted that out in terms of what's going on. And anytime you get a Grammy nomination, hey, it is what it is. This speaks for itself. We'll be right back after this break as we get into the March of Sport. You know what the March of Sport is all about. It's not about how many of y'all can go call your friends and tell them to vote in the poll ranking somewhere so you can tell them, I want my band up there, go vote. No, this is about matchups. That's why we call it a sport. HBCU folks out there, they say it's the marching sport. So that means there has to be a contest. Up and down, you got to get a matchup. We got a big one coming up to close out things in the Bayou Classic. So we'll get some judges out there to tell them who's going to win the battle of the band. But this weekend, we'll tell you about the rankings, to tell you where they are in the poll rankings. And we get these guys will tell you what you think. Hopefully they'll get it right because I like to keep their mics on. You know, I shut them off if they get a little too beside themselves. But, no, just kidding. Make sure they get their honest thoughts in terms of the poll rankings. We'll be right back after this first break. Stick with us. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. In the historic West End, Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Hey, you gotta be ready to play. Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. As I said, they out on assignment. A little too much turkey, so we let them get away with it. As A.D. Drew said, Mike might have just had a couple of glasses of wine. You know what happens to him. And I told him he couldn't bring it on the show. It's Sunday, man. It's like that. But we got the best in the business. We got Perry White in here, Ray Higgins, and A.D. Drew, making sure you get your HBCU fix, fix for Thursday. With that being said, we're going to get into the marching sport. You all know what this is about. It has to be about matchups. We had a couple of them last week, so, so some things did change. We're going to get what people think. Let's get into it. Uh, dropping out this week. Nobody dropped out. Wasn't a lot of matchups, so people stayed in the mix. But let's get into those that are receiving votes. Alcorn State, the Sounds of Dynamite Band. They had a chance maybe to change things and get back in the poll, but they took on the South, boom of the South in terms of the marching support, and they fell three to four uh, on, on the overall season and three and three in SWAC matchups. So they stay outside of the poll. Also in there, there's no. North Carolina and T. Tough season, obviously, outside of the conference. 
not a lot of traveling going on there. They just don't get a lot of the uh, matchups, so that's going to always be tough for them. Doing uh, Cookman watching sport. Wildcats, as they were 2-0, they actually fell to 2-1. Uh, close one as they had the Florida, Florida Classic. We get into it now. Let's get into the top 10. At number 10, you have none other than Texas Southern Ocean of Soul Marching Band. Uh, they fall to from 6 all the way to 10, not because of they lost, but some other programs had some big wins and losses that pushed them down. So they at 3-4 and four on the overall season, 3-3 three and three in conference race. Had one of those up-and-down seasons, had some big victories, tough losses, but you see where the Ocean of Souls stands. Getting into number nine, we get into the Division II programs out of the CIAA, Fayetteville State Marching Band, 3-0, 2-0. Overall, good season, just not enough marching contest to get them outside of that nine position. They do improve one spot this week. Bringing us to number eight, we get into a MEI program, Norfolk State Spartan Legion Marching Band, one of the best kept secrets out there, unfortunately for them, the football team didn't do much this year, so they didn't get a chance for a lot of folks to see them on television. They did get down here to Houston for the Battle of the Band, show well in that, but just not a lot of contests. Game they had this year when you talk about Marshall Sport, when they went down to Greensboro, and everybody was talking about the North Carolina anti Agnes. Well, that gold machine they said down there took it on the chin. Uh, as the Spartan Legion marching band took it to them. Wasn't the same on the football side, but in the marching halftime, first quarter as you get into it, the zero quarter as everybody calls it, the halftime in the fifth quarter, it was all Spartans, all she wrote. Let's get into number seven. Uh, as you saw, the Spartans moving up from the nine spot to number seven, uh, number eight. At number seven, you have none other than Albany State Marching Rams, the show bands out of the SIC. Four and one overall, four and oh. Really good season for them. They come in and improve one spot this week as they had a dynamic season. Getting into number six to close it out. In the bottom five, you have none other than Prayer View A&M, the marching storm, three and one. Had a good season, didn't perform enough, and a couple of teams bumped them out. They were in the top five for most of the year. You see previous day of number five. They fall this week as they drop out of the top five. Let's get in the real mix where it gets good. At number five, you have none other than Florida A&M Marching 100. They improved 4-1, and 3-1. Big victory over Bethune-Cookman as they get it done. They move up two spots with that big. Halftime. 58 points as you see it. Bringing us to number four, North Carolina Central Sound Machine Marching Band. They'll get a chance, it looks, against a swack opponent in the Celebration Bowl. That'll be interesting. You either have them up against Jackson State, Southern Jaguar, either way it should be interesting. As you see, they just have three contests. Uh, they talk a lot about their band. They can't wait for their showtime. We'll see if they can live up to it. 3-0 on the season, undefeated, but not a lot of contests, but they stay at number four. Bringing us to number three, Southern Jaguars. They were number one for most of the year. They really got a little bit of trouble when they did not make that trip. The fam you, that would have been a quintessential matchup. See, that's one thing about this band. We're not talking about the legacy. We're not talking about how good you are. You got to perform, especially if you're a historic program like Southern. They perform in all games. Last year, they had six to seven matchups, took home the national championships, but they backed up this year, so I was really concerned. And they had a chance to go down there and get home. Not a lot of folks can go to a state. You talking about Jackson State. You talking about Grambling. You're talking about Southern. They, they can go to another stadium and get some home love. They didn't get it done, so they had 4-1, and 3-1. and one. They had it early on the road to Jackson State. Just lost that, a little bit of performance in there. But if they're careful and they can get a win over Gramlin in the marching sport, they'll end up getting a rematch against Jackson State. Can they get it done? Bringing us to number two. Alabama State was number one for a couple of weeks, including last week. But they fell out when they lost to FAMU a week couple of weeks ago so they stay at number two four and one on the season two and one had a good matchup mighty marching hornets as they got it done bringing us to number one number one is none other than jackson state sonic boom of the south 
eight and one. Look at all the performances they have had. That band has traveled. They got in national, and it cost them a national championship for Southern when they did not travel to with the team. There was a quintessential matchup. You've got to travel with your team and this band. There's a marching for it ain't about how loud you are. It's about matchups. I just want y'all to hear it and make us understand. When you talk about marching sport, this band is about matchups. Number one, as you get it done, as you see, it is all about Jackson State this week. Can they hold on and close out the season? Because they have some tough matchups to come, and we'll see what that looks like. With that being said, I'm going to go with my guest first, because A.D. Drew has been a part of it. He knows what goes on here. I'm going to go to Ray Higgins and let me know what you think about the marching sport. Week number 11, you see the top 10. What do you think? Well, um, it's, a, it's a week-to-week thing and, and not historical and things like that because we know everybody's history changes over a period of time. There's fluctuations up and down. But I've only got a chance to see uh, two of the top 10 in person this year. And that was Jackson State and Prairie View. Now, I saw the Prairie View match. I mean, I, I don't think that Prairie View beat us. And I don't know how that played out when you, you guys did it. But no, that was not a typical, to me, uh, Prairie View show. Um, Grambling's getting better. They've been progressively kind of getting better. They still got some things that they need to work on, uh, control and things like that. But I mean, I used to be the videographer for the band. I, I traveled with the band for about 10 years. So I, I, I really kind of know what they've been through. I've been to a lot of places. Jackson State, um, other than Grambling, is probably my my next favorite band. Uh, they always have a good song selection. They always, uh, you know, coming to marching in and things like that is always a crowd pleaser. Uh, they, they put on a good uh, field show. But what I don't like about bands that I've seen lately is the gimmicks. Mm. I still think the band should be about the band and not about gimmicks because imagine if, you know, how would you be ranked if you weren't at your home crowd and you didn't have the little gimmicks and, and things like that. I've never been a fan of the, the, the big dancing girls or the big dancing guys or, or the, the <laughs> I've never really been a fan of that. I mean, I just like the, I like the band to play their music. I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear a lot of DJ, a lot of hype announcements. So you don't like the honeybees? I don't like the house. I don't like the, the hype announcers. I like the hey, man, the it's band play. I'm just I like asking. I, I want clarification. I like, I like to hear the band play their music because that's the time that they have to shine, and I want to hear them. I don't want to hear a hype announcer screaming at us. I want to hear the band playing music. I want to hear the, see the dancing girls dance. I want to see the flag flag people perform. The drum line come up and do their things without screaming in the microphone. I, I just wish there was a time that we could just kind of get away from that. I remember FAMU used to do it. Uh, Joe Bullard is a good friend of mine from a long time ago. The band announced for them. And they put on the show. They just, it was none of that. It was just him putting it down. So um, I don't really have a problem like with that. the rankings. Because I don't good have a problem Great with the rankings because I just, I've only seen two of the bands. Um, you know, Alabama State's pretty good. Southern's pretty good. And uh, I've never haven't seen North Carolina Central since you know the Celebration Bowl a couple of years ago. So I, I think you did you know you guys did a good job with it. Appreciate it, Perry. Let me get your thoughts. Perry, I'm not feeling. Right he talking about he was being real nice talking about. I think y'all did a good <laughs> job. Alabama State at the two spot. Come on, man. Like, I and hear. I get it, but. <laughs> I like, show me what you look like when you enter the stadium. Show me what you look like, like when you in the stands. And for sure, show me what you do on the field. A lot of bands just aren't good to look at on the field. But one of the ones that are good that I'm looking at on this poll is at the three spot. And just like you, my man Ray, I am on the videography team for Southern's Band. I'm on the media team. So I get a chance to see pretty much everybody's best. I went to the uh, the Battle of the Bands that was in Houston earlier this year had an opportunity to see bands from the different conferences. And, uh, and over the years, to be able to see that. But I just don't see how you got Alabama. I don't know how the hell Bethune-Cookman is not on this list. Although they only perform at home, I get it. They haven't traveled anywhere since they've been in the Swackies up to the Florida Classic. But 
come on, man. But Thule Cookman has to be on this list somewhere. But, I mean, in Jackson State, number one, just because they football team good, come on, man. Just because you hear the fight song with Jackson <laughs> State, the don't mean they got to be in the number one. You hear what I'm saying? You, they ain't got to be in the number one spot. But I forget it, man. You know, to each his own, I'll roll with it. But for me, I would have to move Texas up a lot. see them in the stands, showmanship. And that's what I'm looking for out of bands. And Texas Southern, for me, has done that. And even Prairie View, who's band director also, is a Southern alum. I'm just shouting out everybody. (laughs) Good bands, you figure out where their band directors come from, correct? Right. All right, I'm just saying. But I'm going to move a couple of those up, man. I know you like that Prairie View band, Dr. Cavill, but you know, other yeah, than that, man, I, I'm okay. They good. They good. They good. I'll roll with it, man. The problem that I have with your thoughts is you're right on the money. I think those are great bands. Sound great. Perform great. Problem is, it's not enough perform. Not enough matchups. There's one thing about this band poll that everybody needs to understand. I'll say it again. You can have the greatest band. I believe you're Bethune Cookman, the mighty Marching Wildcats. Great band. I tell anybody that listen to me, one of the best out there. But I got a problem with you if you don't travel. This year I can give them a little bit of bump because they come into the tor- uh, hurricanes and stuff like that. Twice. But last year they really mm-hmm. didn't travel. It doesn't do you any good if all the time I see you traveling is to support everybody else, meaning you're going to an NFL football game. You're going to this individual man matchup. Part of the HBCU sports culture is you supporting your bands. And one of the things that you know about Southern that they travel with their team. I penalized both of them. Last year was Jackson State. They didn't go to a contest. This year it was Southern. That's not my fault. You need to call your administrators and tell them, if you want to be ranked in Dr. Kavir's Marching Sport Band, you don't care how bad you, you are with a band. You need to get your tail on the bus and get on the road if you need to. Get in the plane. Follow your team. Come in the stadium loud, like you said. Make a statement as you come in. Do your thing, beat the team at halftime, and close out with a nice fifth march of sports. But if you don't perform but a three, four contest, don't get it mad at me because you can't find your way in the top ten or you in the bottom five. That's your fault. You didn't do no march. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That got to do with you, your administrator, and your budget. Y'all go figure it out. That'll do it with me. Close out AD Drew. Quick comments as we get in this break. We're doing a little extension, but you know what it's about. Let me know your thoughts quickly. You talk about band director street, you know, uh, don't forget about that March of 100 because a lot of band directors came with those Florida a and roots, either directly or indirectly, second generation of Florida a and roots. And you talk about loud bands where not too many bands get loud in fan view without 385 people that we got in our doggone band. But uh, Tennessee State, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Tennessee State and Aristocrats of Band and Benedict Band of Distinction said, they don't need your stinking poll, Dr. Cabell. Tennessee State got Grammy nomination. Benedict got parade. They don't need your poll. They don't need your stinking poll. <laughs> I, I feel them, but they're not the first band that's been uh, mentioned in Grammy. They're not the first band that's been invited to a NBA basketball game, Super Bowl. That's all news culture. You don't want that? That ain't my fault. Don't worry about my band poll, March of Sport Ranking. I don't need you either. But with that being said, we're going to take our break, get into the halftime so we can get into March of Sport, and we'll come back on the other side. We're going to take it back onto the field, talk about some of these matchups. We'll come back and tell you a little bit about the Alabama State game. We'll get into some Benedict playoffs, and we'll close out with the Bayou Clack. Stick with us. We'll be right the back. The Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. 
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. They gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and who the bow, bow, bow. So listen to Professor, yes, sir. Yep. All right. This is Dr. Lil with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into this Turkey Day Classic matchup today with Alabama State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I told you a little bit earlier, most of us had. Uh, Alabama State coming in this game, Pine Bluff after switching the coach, and especially a latter part of the season, they just seem to be falling apart. Well, they came to play in the turkey day. They got a couple of extra days. Seems like it made a distance or a part of it was just Alabama State, you know, putting their foot in their own uh, butt, if you would, there, not getting it done, turnovers, <laughs> not finishing a lot of ways. But uh, Montgomery, Alabama State, ASU Stadium, as you know, uh, two o'clock game on ESPN. I got to watch all of the Arkansas Pamela uh, now improves to three and eight, one and seven. So they get a win in the squat, which is always important. And Alabama State obviously falls uh, in terms of what they do on the regular season. Still have a winning season, but they can't get to the seven win mark as they fall to six and five, four and four in the conference rates. Another little nugget is I told you earlier the Eastern Division. Uh, with matchups against the Western Division. Second year in a row where the Eastern takes it to the Western Division. Uh, the ledger is 11 wins by the East and only five wins by the West. It, um, statement in terms of who's getting it done and where that will change. We'll see what that looks like. Let me go to you, Drew, in terms of what are your thoughts in terms of this Alabama State Hornets matchup? Then I'm going to come to you, Perry. Man, uh, turnovers. Turn the ball over four times and expect to win. Alabama State actually dominated the game uh, statistically. We can take those four, four turnovers out the way, outgaining uh, UAPB by over 100 yards. But there were a couple of times when Alabama State got down 0 for 3 on fourth downs. They got down around the 30, too far to punt, too, too close to punt, too far for a field goal, can't get the fourth down. That, that hurts you on top of the uh, four turnovers and the, the first turnover, the one by Santo Dunn on the, uh, on the buff punt that led to the UAPB touchdown for their first score of the game was a key and shifted the momentum quickly to UAPB came back out second half guns are blazing. Went back, took, took the lead 14 to 13. And then they started playing like they was up like 20 points. Instead of staying aggressive and trying to put more points on the board, they were playing like they were up 20 points and just they just need to hold the ball to go ahead and run the clock out, which uh, allowed UAP to get back into the game with that late fourth quarter 
turnover. But then Alabama State actually had a chance where it got for the drop by uh, Kadarius Clark, and I believe he may have dropped that ball. They would have had 19 seconds to go, would have had first to go from the 19-yard line, one timeout, inside the 10. So, you know, just just mistakes all around. But are we surprised? This is this is the swag. This is the swag, and it's got a, and it's got a team from the West that's involved in this mess. I'm turning it over to somebody <laughs> else now. Never nobody in the West wants to win. 497 yards by Alabama State to 333. You talked about the turnovers. What in your mind took place in this game, Perry? And when I look at this game, it looked like nobody wanted to win this game for the second half for a while, especially when you got into the fourth quarter. I was looking at the coaches in terms of decision-making for Alabama State. For me, I thought Eddie Robertson Jr. made some mistakes deep down into the fourth quarter. You converted. You drove down the field. Palm Bluff pinched you back on your own 20. And you drove down the field with six minutes left on the clock. And when you got within the red zone, and then you wanted to get cute and throw the, throw the ball. If you continue to run the ball, you force Palm Bluff to use their timeouts, and then you continue to get that clock to go down. They left too much time on the clock. And then you had a fumble on a, a halfback toss uh, to Ja'Cory Mary, and UAPB oh, gets the ball and then be able to drive down the field. But then it looked like UAPB wanted to give it over. But you got to take your hats off to the player of the game, Kayvon Brin. 28 carries for 160 yards, three touchdowns. He was the bowling ball that helped UAPB's offense because it wasn't there in the passing game. Skylar Perry, 14 to 29 for 113 yards and an interception. But on the other side, Alabama State was able to run the ball, and it was by a trio of guys. Ja'Cory Merritt, Santo Dunn, as well as their quarterback, uh, Demetrius Davis. You're talking about Merritt, 17 carries for 91 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Santo Dunn, eight carries for 62 yards. Uh, and then you look at their quarterback, Davis, 12 carries for 44 yards. But also Keyshawn Johnson, the wide receiver, seven receptions yeah, for 126 okay. yards. You know, he did everything he could. It just seemed like, for me, this game came down to coaching and situational football. And for Alabama State, they left too much time on the plane. I thought they got cute once they was able to drive the ball down. They controlled that last four minutes of the game into that fumble. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was an opportunity for them to put it away. If anything else, you walk away with a field goal. And that's another thing. Both teams missing field goals in this ball game. Uh, Yeah. UAPB missed one early on that could have put them up 16 uh, to excuse me, 16 to 14. Yeah. yeah, but they missed it. Then Alabama State goes and missed one. And so for me, I just thought Alabama State had an opportunity to win it. They blew it towards the end. I thought they got cute once again in the red zone. They gave UAPB one too many chances. And UAPB drove it down the field. And their run game finally opened up when it mattered. And they was able to get away with a win. Great breakdown, both, both of y'all. Let me go to you, Ray. You can put any final point on that. But then I want you to get into that Benedict playoff game. Um, so you can go straight there if you want to and tell me what your thoughts and what Benedict needs to get that victory uh, in the playoffs in the second round against Wayne. I got a, que- I got a question. Skylar Perry's eligibility is done, right? Because it seems like he's been here <laughs> forever. So. I, I, like I, I, I think this is his COVID year. It seems like he might get another year and then when you got this APR – uh, COVID, it seems like folks are playing six, seven, eight years. I don't know. We used to have a running joke at Grammy where uh, for a Pine Bluff guy, Mickey Dean. I know you remember the Mickey Dean. The touchdown Mickey machine. Dean, the touchdown machine. And Marcel Mallett. He, like, he, st- he, like, he played eight years. I swear he played <laughs> eight years. And he's like, Mickey Dean, wait, you're back? I see him at the swag media. I'm like, what are you doing he got, a, he got a twin? Is that his brother? Yeah. So, but anyway, but I, I mean, Skylar Perry is, is very unpredictable. He, he has a very live arm, and I, I, I'm not surprised that, you know, if he's connecting, if he's hot, he's one of the, probably one of the best streaky players, quarterbacks that I've seen in a while uh, on a team that's not of a certain level. Um, he has some good uh, – when they played – I mean, they beat us, I think, the past two years other than this year. And, I mean, they they were just – they did it they did it right. They blew us out at home one time. They beat us down there. And they just was connected on everything. They had good pump returns. So um, the new coach, the interim coach, um, you know, I know it's a tough situation for him to be in. Doc Gamble, you know, he was a he was a a meteor when he first came in. He knocked off Grambling and stuff in the first time. So I mean, you thought that maybe Pine Bluff would find their their court their uh, their coach for him, but apparently not. And the coaches, I mean, the the administration decided to pull the plug on him. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes in there and and solidifies them. 
But um, I, I, I got a chance. I, I hate I didn't get a chance to see my nephew play for Alabama State. Uh, Miles Crowley, quarterback. I hate I, I hate he didn't get a chance to play, but that's my that's my little boy. Um, but maybe wow. you know maybe, maybe you'll get a chance to play. You know, coming up and uh, who who knows what may happen. So, but going into the, the playoff, man, it's it's great to see a team that's uh, hosting the playoff game. It's amazing that the season, the little that I know of them, that they they've done very well and they've been. They've been knocking them out. When you go, you know, when you win as many games as they have and 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 you're hosting a playoff game, that's a huge thing. And I hope them wish them very well success on uh on the game, man, because we really need for them to pull it through and, and get a good victory for HBCUs. Going to you, uh Drew, in terms of the playoffs, uh that Benedict against Wingate, uh Benedict Tires coming in 11 and 0, 8-0, as you know, uh ranked number one. In the HBCU mid-major poll ranking, the number one in the NCAA divisional seed. That's how they got the week off. They played Wingate. They got the win upset, if you would, in terms of the seeding against Virginia Union. They went on the road, so that now they're on the road again at 10 and 2, 6 and 2 overall. You know, you're the Division II guru. Before I go to Perry to kind of close this segment out, what what are your thoughts in terms of the playoff matchup? Man, this this is an interesting matchup. Uh two, well. You got two top five defenses in the nation. Here's the thing. Wingate is a number one defense in the nation. Number one in points allowed, number one in and number one in yardage, number one in third down, uh, third down conversions, number one in red zone, and number one in tackles for loss in the nation. Benedict, one of only four undefeated teams left in division two playoffs. Uh last side, these two Benedict is two and one all time. Against Wingate, last time these two teams met was, check this out, 1998. I don't think anybody who's playing in this game was born the last time that these two teams met in 1998. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really – I expect this game to be a great defensive battle between these two teams. Here's an interesting uh, fact. Joe Wright, the head coach at Wingate, 22 years at Wingate. He's been at Wingate hmm. longer than – he's the fourth head coach at Wingate. He's been there longer than the other three coaches combined. <laughs> and uh, Joe Wright is the brother of Frank Wright, former NFL quarterback and uh, just recently fired coach of the Indianapolis Colts. But if you want to find out more about what I really think about this game, tune in tomorrow right here on the Black College Sports Network as Brian and myself will not only break down – the uh, Benedict Wingate game. We also break down the Bayou Classic. That will come to you at 2 o'clock Eastern right here on the Black College Sports Network. And then I'll really tell you what I feel about this game. Stick with us because we're going to go to the Bayou Classic after the break and really give you some in-depth before A.D. Drew breaks it down tomorrow. A.D. Drew, quickly tell them where they can read about your report also. Yes. Uh, if you want to go through and read my early preview on this, go to d2football.com. Click on SIAC as I am the SIAC reporter for D2Football.com. Very extensive article. Uh, got all the stats and facts that you're going to need to uh, make an analysis on, on this uh, particular game. That's D2Football.com slash SIAC. Appreciate it. Perry, what are your thoughts in terms of Benedict in the playoffs? I like Benedict. I like the turnaround. You talk about. Uh, turning, going from one and nine to five and five, and then eleven and zero, and then capturing their first ever conference championship. Uh, now they're in the top ten yeah. of Division Two football. They're in the top ten of all statistics, offense and defense in Division Two football. And you look at the turnaround that Chennis Berry has been able to turn to a program that has not even been known for football, and the opportunity for them to be able to have that success and take on a number one seed to be that number one seed in Division II football in the playoffs. That says a lot about this program. And you look at the way that they have dominate uh, opponents throughout the year. Uh, they did not play bad football at all. They showed a team that seems to have chemistry and they have leadership. And I think when you look at what Chennis Bear has been able to do there, that's making a lot out of nothing. And I like what he's done. And, and for me, I think he should be a guy that should be considered for any position that becomes open in the swag, if you ask me. I think his body of work, and what you've seen him doing a short period of time coming in in COVID year and then last year five and five and then being able to turn that thing around this soon shows what his ability is as a coach. And I think he has the ability to lead any program, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Plug, time to plug. 
South Carolina State, I don't think but if you're going anywhere, but I know some people are pushing that. But time love is open. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. I know Benedict Tigers, like everybody else, is like, man, why y'all trying to get my coach? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're just saying. Stick with us. We'll be it's right back. Right. Last break, we'll get in the fourth quarter. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Bayou. It's the big one, baby, in Louisiana, the boot, New Orleans. We got two guys that are going to give you everything you need to know about the Bayou Classic, and I think they both uh, talk about their team. Come back. We'll be right back after this break and give you some more on Inside HBC Sports Lab as we got the professor, Professor Higgins, Professor White, and Professor Juke. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. As I said, we have Professor Higgins, Professor White, and Professor Drew. Before we make it all about the Bayou, one last plug uh, make sure you tune in Saturday. Black College Sports Network, this BCSN, will be carrying uh, this playoff game, doing the production and the streaming platform. That's 12 o'clock Saturday. So before you get into the Bayou Classic on NBC, make sure you tune in to BCSN and check out Benedict against Wingate because we'll have it right here. With that being said, further ado, let's go to you, Professor Higgins. Break down the Bayou Classic. What can we expect? Well, I, I think that in light of uh... – some recent losses by some other teams. And now that uh, the Bayou Classic means a little more than it did before Just those losses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before those losses. I, I think that uh, you're going to see a, a renewed, uh, not that it needed it, but you're going to see, uh, you know, Dooley trying to do more because uh, it's more on the line. I mean, so not that he wasn't going to try to win anyway, because all coaches are going to try to win regardless, but you know, it's that little extra added incentive. And I'm sure that's probably going to carry over to the players because now, you know, instead of just playing for the end of the season and the bracket rights between the Bayou Classic, now it's a chance to play in the championship game. So uh, I, I expect them to come out, you know, with, with everything. I, but on this, on our end, I expect us to come out because not only, uh, you know, wanting to win that game is going to be important now that we can spoil uh, Southern from going to the championship, that just makes it even sweeter. So I, I think there's going to be an even better game. I hope that, you know, from our port, that everything is, is you know, with these two weeks off and, and being able to get things together, that we, we can play that game that we've been looking for. Because we've been looking for a complete game for a while. We haven't been able to put four quarters of football together, in my eyes, that I've observed um, for the season. So until we are able to do that, eliminate the mistakes, the penalties, uh, and all that, if you don't do that, it's, it's not going to be well. But I look for Coach Jackson to to, to rectify those situations and for uh, just like it was this time last year when uh, Terrence Graves was uh, uh, leading the, the team uh, after Broderick Fobbs was fired, uh, I, I, I see I see a difference. I see you're going to be coming out. You're going to see Maurice Washington left, Maurice Washington right. Maurice Washington <laughs> That's what I'm going to ask <laughs> I mean, and I don't think that I don't think I don't think Dooley or anybody else expects anything different. I mean, you know, why not? You know, if he if he doesn't get the ball 15 times in this game, I'll be shocked. I'll be yeah, shocked. Great point. Let me go to you, Perry. What are your thoughts? Can Southern grab it? You know, 
first all going had a little piece of it. Maybe they they made excitement. No, they didn't want it. Prairie View certainly had it in their grasp. They were like, nah, we good. Y'all can have it. Texas Southern, fourth quarter. They were like, yeah, man, it's all ours. And they said, never mind. Southern, do you want it? Everybody's talked about the defensive side of Southern all year long. When they show up, can they stop Maurice Washington uh, and um, Grambling in terms of offense? Or does some folks on the offensive side of the ball that you think will step up in this matchup? What are your expectations in terms of what will take place in the Bayou Classic? Hell yeah, we can stop Maurice Washington and Grambling <laughs> State, man. Yes, we can, all right? And we will. But I'm going to break it down to you as this season went on. Of course, it's been up and down. I know a lot of people have looked at Southern schedule. And when you look at Virginia Lynchburg and when you look at Florida Memorial, you kind of want to write those off when you look at the statistics and say, well, you had that against those types of teams. But I think when you look at Southern's defense, let's look at, although they got dominated in terms of the team, 24-0 to Texas Southern early on in the season, Southern's defense in the second half only gave up three points. When you look at Southern's defense against Pine Bluff, they almost held Pine Bluff to negative rushing yards in that ball game. When you look at Southern's defense against Prairie View in the second half, pitching a shutout. When you look at Southern's defense against Alcorn State on a big fourth down stance, Southern's defense was able to step up and hold Alcorn from being able to continue a drive and possibly go down the field to maybe win it or maybe not. But then they struggled a little bit against Jackson State. But then when you look at that, it wasn't so much as the defense as the defense came on and forced Jackson State in two fourth down conversions early on in that game to do a turnovers on down. It was Southern's offense that stalled out and made it a tough day. Third down conversions are big when you look at Southern's defense because they sit out, they sit on the field too long. Offense is going three and out. And that's what hurt them in the first half against Texas Southern, against Florida and them as well. Southern's offense put the defense in a tough spot, but Southern's defense stepped up against Valley. And when I look at Grambling, Southern's defense right now ranked second in the conference, giving up an average of 20 points a game. You look at a guy like Jalen Campbell on Southern's defense, he ranks ninth in the conference in tackles with 63 tackles. Trey Lane ranks fifth in the SWAC in tackles uh, for loss. You look at a guy, Taj Brown, a big body guy who can really clog it up, ranked seventh in the conference in sacks with six. And then Corian Harris, a guy that Coach Dooley has told me, he's like the quarterback of this defense. He ranks second in the SWAC in interceptions with four interceptions with one for a touchdown. The big question for Southern in this ballgame is going to be the offensive side of the ball in which mm. we've seen ups and downs. But Sean McCray has been the starter pretty much all season up until he got hurt against FAMU. He played in a couple series against Mississippi Valley ultimately came out and they put in Glendon Bubble McDaniel, a guy that's a fifth-year senior in this program, and he led the Jags to a victory. You look at Southern's offense, they're second in the conference and averaging 32 points a game, but Sean McCray is 12th in passing with, uh, excuse me, 12th in rushing. How about your quarterback being your leading rusher with 544 <laughs> rushing yards? You look at Carl Liggins, the young guy at the running back position, he's 15th in the conference with 486 rushing yards. Cassius Allen, a receiver, along with Petrie, two guys that you want to get the ball to at the receiving end. But Cassius Allen, 10th in the conference. He leads the team in receiving yards at 375 of them. But Bashan McCray, of course, and his passing on the season, is ranked 7th with 1,544 passing yards. The issue is he has eight interceptions to 13 touchdowns, 113 mm-hmm. of 187. He's a guy that's athletic with his legs. But when he breaks out of the pocket, what I liked about Bubble, McDaniel, what we saw in Valley, when he breaks out of the pocket and he goes on a scramble, he keeps his eye down the field to be able to catch those receivers that break off their routes or find that soft coverage in the defense. Unfortunately for Bashan McCray, who's playing his first season in Division I football, he doesn't quite keep his eyes down the field, and he looks up the field to run the ball. And that's the contrast I've seen. And that's been pretty much the struggle of what Southern has had offensively when you're dealing with a guy like McCray. Not having that vision, I tell people all the time, uh, if you ever played Madden back in the day, they had the Madden Manning or uh, Tom Brady, his quarterback vision took up the whole field. But if you just went and picked anybody, the quarterback's vision was about this much. He didn't see a lot out on the field. And for Bashawn McCray, that's what it seems right now as he's growing into that role with the game speed being so much faster being a Division One quarterback, I think you're starting to see that narrow vision mm-hmm. of the field, and that's really what's been hurting Southern in his offense to really open this Eric Dooley's offense. Great points, great points. Very, very. Like the breakdown, 
You can't get it from here and see what you need to see in the Bayou Classic. I don't know where else you're going to get it. But that being said, A.D., did you put a final cap on this? What do you look for in the Bayou Classic? And who you got coming out? Uh, we obviously know where these guys are going. Who are you coming out <laughs> of this matchup in terms of what that looks like? Go ahead. Man, these us. are two of the most inconsistent offenses that are in the, in the SWAC West this year. With these two teams, you never know what you are going to get. Both both teams, solid defense. We know what, what Southern does on defense. Rams defense is not help them out. To be able to game going, passing game going. Because we know Vince Duty don't like to run the ball. So he got to get that short pass. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So uh, don't be disrespectful, man. Put some respect (laughs) on Southern. Don't be putting us with Prairie. That's Doctor Savino. I'm sorry. That ain't that ain't me. All right. You see that behind him? Dooley don't like to run the ball. I don't give. I don't give a damn what school he coached today. He don't like to run the dog on ball. But anyway, (laughs) if it's one thing that the best in the West has shown us is that pressure bust pipes and. We saw we saw the pipe. We saw the uh, holes get a bunch of holes in it last week, and I I think that that final hole in the holes is going to occur this week. And Prairie's going to have to get some duct tape and tape up the holes so they can go ahead and get that water up to Jackson. Southern is going to let Grambling hang around. Just- 